0: okay friends we are here with the everyday mulemanship podcast i'm ty evans and i really appreciate you hanging out with me today um we're going to talk about mules and i got a lot of great questions today um this is our mule tip tuesday episode and every week great people just like you send me questions about mules horses donkeys all sorts of questions, and this week is, is great. we got a lot of good questions here, and I'm going to try to get to them all. If you have a question for Mule Tip Tuesday, just send me an email, ty at tsmules.com. Make sure you put in the subject line, question for Mule Tip Tuesday, and uh, I'll try to get to it. We just go in order. Uh, first come, first serve. So if you send us a question, I promise you, we will get to it. Um It may not be this week, may not be next week, but we will get to it, I promise you. So, very grateful for all these questions. Um, I want to kick off this episode by thanking my friend Ben Lewis at Roman Home, our latest and greatest sponsor. Um, Very appreciative of Mr. Ben and Roman Home. Uh, Ben has created a really cool tent. You guys got to check it out. Go to romanhome.com and check out this really cool tent he just built called the Nomad. It's a... Cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. Both of those t- tents are my favorite. And he's put them together and made a really cool tent. Um, he brought it over to my place. We set it up. I thought it was amazing. And uh, next week, I am headed out. I'm going to go use this tent and um, can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be great. So check out RomanHome.com. Big thanks to Mr. Ben Lewis for sponsoring this podcast and making this episode happen. So Appreciate you. So, um, the other day, uh, Ellie, my daughter, eight years old, she's out riding her mule Chrome. Chrome is a 21-year-old Tennessee Walker mule and um, finished in the bridle. Pretty good mule. But a mule, okay? Uh, Equine. A creature with a brain. And um, Ellie was out in the pasture loping cantering, whichever you want to call it, out there in the pasture, um, kind of playing with the cows a little bit. And then she's just kind of loping, crumb around. She likes to lope around there and make some circles, have fun. And our pasture is kind of sloped from the north, it slopes downhill to the south and to the east. And, um, you know, over the years, especially starting colts, you learn how to pay attention to the terrain. When you're riding a colt outside, the terrain is going to tell you how things are going to go. I can predict my mule's behavior if I let it just happen. I can predict it, what they're going to do when they ride there or go through that little whoop-de-doo or go up that hill, down that hill, over that rock, over that log. You know, you can get to predicting what they're going to do. And you'll learn this. And this is one of the things that sets apart, you know, some of these people that are good hands from those that – let things happen to them. There's nothing out of the clear blue. You can be prepared. One thing that I do not do is lope full out, just running full out downhill. Um at least typically not on a colt. Um Now Ellie was loping full blast downhill on Chrome. Now Chrome's great mule didn't do anything dumb. But she really got going fast downhill. You know, it's just a slight slant. I mean, it's not, it's just a slight grade. It's not that steep. It ain't like, you know, my my property's steep. It's it's not, but it is downhill. Um, And I could see, Sky and I were there watching, and we could see a little fear. You can just see the change in the body posture when somebody's riding from, from when they're having fun and they want what's happening to when they're not having fun anymore, that whole body posture changes. And you could, we could tell that Ellie was not comfortable. And so anyways, when she was done, I tried to talk to her say, Hey, you know what? It's not a good idea to run just all out, especially downhill. If you're not ready for it. Um, you need to be prepared for the speed you're going to get in that life. And, you know, I definitely don't recommend it on a colt. You know, if you want to get rolled on good, I, you know, that's a good way to do it is run a colt downhill. Um, so I told her, I said, you know, if it feels much more comfortable, if you really want to run that fast, run that fast, but uphill, kind of slightly uphill. And I'm not talking about like climbing a mountain guys. I'm talking about just paying attention to the incline of where you're riding. It could be just a slight incline or decline in your arena. Uh most every arena has some kind of drain or, or way to drain off and there'll be a little slant to it. So pay attention to those things. Where your ride makes a big difference. Riding Colts, I call it a whoop-de-doo. I don't know what you'd call it, but basically you're riding your mule down through this little uh it could be like a little ditch, a little ravine, a little um, I don't know, arroyo, um, kind of a down and and immediately you're going back up. Those are like the most famous for getting bucked off in because your Colt will want to kind of trot fast down that they get to the bottom. And when you get, when they get to the bottom they kind of hit a little bit. And I think the bars of your saddle kind of hit on their shoulders, maybe a little bit, or I don't know, maybe you just sit a little heavier and they can feel it and they come back up and often right there. That's when they'll want to crow hop a little bit or buck maybe. And, um, you know. The terrain, it makes all the difference. And you can get to where you can read that terrain. And and if you don't, and if you're listening, you're like, oh, my gosh, I've never thought about how the terrain affects my meal. Just start observing. Say, okay, well, I'm going to go down through this. What's my meal going to be like? Pay attention. So, anyways, that's my tip of the day for this week for your meal tip Tuesday is to pay attention to the terrain and how it affects your meal's behavior because it will. Okay, let's get to some questions. First question here comes from Rachel Jensen. Rachel, thanks for sending this question in. Do you think all meals can become kid safe? I know Ty tries to make all your meals good around your daughters. Dally seems to be a bit much for them. Do you think she will ever be kid safe? Um, okay, Rachel, first question. No, I don't think all mules can become kid safe. There's all kinds of mules out there. Now, I think every mule can get get pretty handy and get pretty broke. But to have them at a level of a kid, um, that's a different story because, you know, kids do stuff on the mules. They got to reach in their horn bags and eat their candies and they wiggle around and they drop stuff and they drop their rain and they drop their... They're lead rope and they, they bounce around and wiggle around. They f- they fade out. They fall asleep. They don't pay attention. I mean, kids do all kinds of stuff. So no, I don't think all mules can be kids safe. I really don't. I think it takes a special meal. I've had a lot of mules and it it takes a lot for me to put my kids on them. And I but I have high standards. I have really high standards. And even the the meals that I put my kids on, they still have issues. Some of you listening right now, you know, our mule Tina. Tina has been Ellie's mule and Swayze's mule their whole life. Tina's 18 years old. She was practically born broke. Um, very simple, great mule for her whole life. Kids safe for sure. But stuff happens. Just, um, just this spring, or I guess late winter, back in February or something, March or whatever, Ellie was riding Tina. Out in the pasture, uh, or excuse me, in the arena uh, down at a clinic in Arizona. And the the arena had these little teeny pebbles, these little sharp pebbles, kind of that Arizona lava rock sharp pebble stuff. You know, every rock in Arizona is sharp. (laughs) Everything is sharp there. Um, And I think Tina just caught a a little pebble just right on her hoof. I didn't have shoes on her. Um, I think it would have helped. But she caught it just right. Tina kind of tripped kind of stumbled to her knees and just shot Ellie right off the front. Ellie hits the dirt, you know, and completely, I saw the whole thing right before my eyes, saw it all play out, you know, in it's slow motion for a father that, you know, in that moment, I can't do anything to go catch my kid before she bites the dirt. Um, you know, she was fine. Mule's fine. My point is fantastic mule and accidents happen. Crap happens. Um, So, yeah, I I try to get them all safe as I can for the things that might come up, but stuff still can come up no matter how great the mule. So, no, I don't think all mules can be kids safe. And Rachel, you're asking about Dally. Um, No, I I mean, uh, if Dally becomes a kid safe mule, I mean, I will be surprised. I just don't I don't see it coming. She's she's um, she's just double double cow bred. Very alert, very aware. you know, intent, a very intense mule. Um, and I don't think she's got what it takes to be quiet and calm for kids. You never know. You never know. I might surprise myself and maybe she'll be fantastic. I hope so. Um, but no, Dally's likely going to be my, my mule, ranch mule for sure. Okay. Um, thanks for the question, Rachel. I appreciate you writing in. Jarrett Gibbs, I was wondering if you could try to explain how you ride while just going down the trail. Do you squeeze with your upper legs? How do you stay prepared for something unexpected like a mule bucking? Do you ride differently? Do you ride differently when riding a mule like Dally versus a mule like Hannah, or even an older, more experienced mule? When a mule does buck with you, what is your first reaction? Do you, do you, Excuse me, I'm having a hard time talking today. Do you use your reins like a bronc rein? Uh, sorry for such a long question. Hey, don't say sorry, buddy. Uh, great questions. Um, okay, when I'm riding down the trail, this is a this question is a big question. You know, explain how I ride when I'm going down the trail. Okay, first thing, I'm riding with intention. I don't, I'm not just going down the trail with these trees on both sides, grass on both sides, rocks on both sides, whatever. I'm not just riding on this trail, keeping my mule on the trail. I'm riding intentionally. So let's say I can't, let's say I'm riding in a spot where I can't go off of the trail. Okay. So I'm on the trail. I can't go off. Maybe the woods are too thick. Maybe I'm on the side of the mountain. Maybe whatever. I'm stuck on the trail. I'm still riding with intent. I'm going to go around to the left of that pebble. I'm going to go to the right of that pine cone. I'm going to go over that stick. I'm going to go through that puddle. I'm going to go to the left of this, left of that. I'm going to snake through this, snake through that. If I have an opportunity, I'm going to ride you know, through those trees over there, through those rocks over there. I'm going to change it up. If there's a, a fork in the trail, everybody else takes the left fork but the right fork, it'll connect back to the main trail. I'm going to take the right fork and connect back to it, whatever. Um, I'm riding with intention. So I'm not just giving the reins to the mule and poking down the trail. If I'm behind somebody. Now, if I'm by myself or out in front, yeah, I might just relax, ride on a loose rein and let my mule ride down the trail. But if I'm behind somebody, I really don't like to do that. I don't want my mule to click into that dude string mode or click into that herd that herd instinct where they're just a herd mule and they're in line. Um, I don't, I don't like them to click over to that. Okay. So as far as this next question, do you squeeze with your upper legs? Um, I'm not sure, you know, it d- how to answer that ex- exactly. You know, when I'm using my legs for direction going left or right, um, it kind of depends on which position I'm going to be in. Let's say I'm, I'm making a sweeping turn to the right. Okay. If I'm making a sweeping turn to the right, my right leg goes back. I call it third gear. Left leg goes forward. call it first gear. And I'm using my calf mostly. Um, so that's kind of how I'm using my legs. I hope that answers that part of that question. Um, next part, how do you stay prepared for something unexpected like a meal bucking? Uh, my first answer kind of goes with that. You know, if I'm riding a colt that I'm worried about, You know, your next part of your question, Jarrett, do you ride differently when riding a mule like Dally versus a mule like Hannah? Um, Yeah, I do ride a little different. Um, On a mule like Dally, I'm very, very intentional, I'm very busy. I'm asking lots of easy questions for her to answer yes to. Can you go to the left of that rock, right of that pine cone, like I mentioned? Can you go over there through those rocks? Can you go around that tree? Lots of simple questions, um, and that, that she can find quick, easy answers, easy yeses to. And I give short, little, little intermediate. Rests, so I'll ask a question, leave her alone for a moment. Ask a question, leave her alone for, for a moment. That's how I ride a meal like Dally that is really touchy, on edge, that could dump me on my head any minute. Um, a meal like Hannah, very laid back, very easy. You could totally get away with just sitting on that meal. I mean, you could get away with it. She's easy, all right. That's she, Hannah is one of the easiest cults I've ever rode. You could absolutely get away with just poking down the trail for sure. But Hannah is so intently smart. That mule is just brilliant. She's one of the smartest colts. So, oh my gosh, what an idiot I would be if I just poked down the trail on Hannah. I mean, what a waste of a fantastic mule if I just sat on her. And I see that all the time. There's some brilliant mules out there that are so amazing that kind of get wasted because, yeah, they're safe. They're great. They're not going to buck you off down the trail. They're very, very safe, very solid mules. And those mules could be so, so much more if only we would put the time into them. So on a mule like Hannah, Jarrett, I'm I'm actually riding exactly the same as I do Dally because I can get some great answers out of Hannah. And that mule is smart. I mean, she's, man, she's coming along quick. It, she's going to be in the hackamore next year. I mean, she's just smart. Smart, smart. Um, so yeah, I could ride them different and I could get away with it with Hannah. Absolutely. Riding easy. Uh Dally, you know, she's gonna make you stay on your toes. Um, but I don't want to take the chance of missing out on teaching Hannah something amazing because she's an amazing mule. So um, let's see. When a mule does buck with you, what is your first reaction? My first reaction is, you know recovering from the surprise typically if i'm not paying attention if i if i wasn't with it it's kind of recovering from the surprise usually i'm i'm on the ball i'm paying attention and it's not a surprise and so basically what i do if a meal does buck with me i got this thought in my head like oh come on man how'd you let that happen because to me every time they buck it's a failure you know, it's, it's not a passing grade. It's a disappointment when they buck A disappointment in myself. So I usually have that in my head at the same time as I'm just trying to stay on. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to stay in the middle, you're you're safest in the middle on top there. And I'm trying to stay there and as soon as I got my wits about me, and I'm kind of with things, and then then I'll start to try to redirect that mule. Anything I can do to to bend their head to 45 or 90, roll, try to roll the hinds around any way I can, uh, put them in a serpentine any way I can. Um, basically, basically any type of lateral lateral work, anything you can do laterally will get you out of that wreck, out of that mess. Um, and no, I do not use my reins like a bronc rein. Um, I may accidentally, I might pick up on my reins and pull back, just using my reins to help me stay on, but that is not recommended. And that is not what I should do. Uh, I, you know, I do not want to pull on them at all. That's just going to get them to brace more. And you ought to, uh, you got to go back and listen to some of those episodes I've talked about my, the late and great Louis Fields teaching me how to get Bronx to buck better. You know, I talked about this and I, basically I want to do everything opposite of, of, you know, what you do to get a Bronx to really buck. And, you know, one of the best tips that you get when you rodeo as a Bronx rider is to lift on them reins. So you give the horse something to brace against. Um, that's why like, you know, typically a you know, you get some of these bareback horses, for example, that kind of start to scatter a little bit and they kind of stop bucking a little bit. They put them in the bronc riding and you get to lifting on them and that gives them something to brace against. So obviously we don't want them to do that. We don't want them to buck. So we're going to, we're going to try to give them all the rein that we can and not pull back. All right. Good question, Jarrett. Thank you. Let me know what you think of that. Send me an email or something. Let me know. Okay, let's take uh, these two questions. You're going to kind of go together. we got a question from Scott Nichols and another question from Allie Brooks. And both of these questions have to do with uh, mules eating on the trail. Um, I'm going to read them both right now, and then I'm going to talk about it. Scott's question, does trying to eat when haltered or bridled indicate your equine is only partially engaged or completely diseng- disengaged with your communication, and then hinder the ability for the animal to learn to follow your lead. Okay. Allie Brooks' question, and I answered her question a couple weeks ago. Um, ever since he started getting better at going through mud and tall grass, he is now obsessed with eating grass. It's like I started to fix one issue, and now another's come up. This is during groundwork and writing. He never used to be this bad about it. I cannot seem to get him focused on me no matter what I do. It doesn't matter the length or type to him. He does stay in a three-quarter acre pen most of the time. It has some, but not much grass and gets fed regularly. Any tips to help? Okay, so these two questions, similar, different at the same time. um, Scott's question first. Or let let me start by saying this first. Okay. For me, I do not let my mules eat if they're on the halter, if I have a lead rope in my hand, or if I have the reins in my hand, I don't let them eat. Okay. Um, If I want them to eat on a ride, you know, maybe I get to a lunch spot, I will take off my head stall. I'll put my hobbles on the mule and I'll let them eat there. That's something that would be okay. Um, But I don't want them to, to eat while I'm handling them, while I'm leading them or riding them. I I have not seen anything good come out of it, and there's lots of people that say, "Well, yeah, if you you know if you could measure it to where you you let your your mule eat when you say it can eat, that'd be fine, you know. When you say your horse can eat, that'd be fine, Um, but when you don't want to, they shouldn't." Okay, that is extremely hard to accomplish. I have never accomplished that. Um, Of course, I haven't tried too hard at it. I just stick to not not letting them mostly, Um, but I haven't seen a lot of success with anybody doing that. I haven't, I have yet to see anybody say, well, look, I can let them eat right now. Okay. Now stop eating and just be totally great. And then be able to go down the trail through a bunch of grass and not have their horse or their meal, trying to eat the whole time. Um, so for me, it's a personal preference. I, I don't like what is, I don't like, I don't like the outcome of letting my mule eat. It just gets to be miserable. Now Scott was just here at one of our semi-private group clinics and we were going down the trail and his meals eating, eating eating eating, and I'm like, hey man, you you know you gotta do something about that." And he said, I'm just I'm done. I can't I can't I can't fight anymore. I'm done. I'm like, well, okay, you can't quit, but you can't you know you can't just let them eat today and then be be mad that they're trying to eat all the grass tomorrow. Um, and you know, walking, going down the trail, moving engages their digestive system it engages that system gets it kind of going kind of gets their metabolism going a little bit um so it is natural they are natural movers and grazers so that's going to come up all right I, i get all those things but for me and mine we prefer that they don't eat on the trail okay so scott your question just trying to eat when you're haltered or bridled indicate your equine is only partially engaged or completely disengaged with your communication. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They got their mind, uh, on eating now stress. Uh, some mules get stressed. They want to eat. Some mules get scared. They want to eat. Some mules get scared and think, Oh my gosh, this is the last chance I'm going to eat ever in my life. I got to eat right now because I might be running in two seconds. And that's kind of a natural instinct they have is grab and go, uh, because you might be running now for twenty miles, so you you know their instinct says, "Ooh, that grass is available." You're stressed, grab it while you can because we might not get a chance. Um, so you might get some of that, but but yeah, I don't think you know when they're trying to eat. I don't really think they're with you, and I've never had a mule that is eating that is light while they're eating. I've never had one eating a treat, eating grass on the trail in the pasture. I've never seen one eat and be light um, to 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 my questions light to the the seat the leg the rain i've I've never had that happen at the same time eating and being soft now I'm not saying that food isn't a great reward uh it is a it is a pretty decent reward they they can be pretty motivated by food, but there's something that trumps the food for sure and that's just comfort you know because if they're not uh comfortable the the lessons the things that we're trying to teach us things we're trying to get accomplished they just won't stay there um you can help them feel better with some food i think you know i've seen it a lot uh sky's dad loves to give treats and things and he has some success i've seen success i can't argue that there's not some some type of success with with food and i know we're kind of getting a little off course here because this is mostly about eating in the halter or in the bridle going down the trail or whatever Um, but I, I prefer not to go in that gray area of, okay, well we can, I'll let you today, but not in a minute, you know, not tomorrow. So yeah, Scott, I don't, I like them to stay with me because it seems like once they finish one blood grass, they're moving on the next, um, Allie, um, you know, as far as what to do, okay. All right. So, she you, you get it. Okay. I don't want my mule to eat on the trail. But what do I do? My mule is just a pig, and all it does is eat the whole time down the trail. I can't go 2 feet without it ripping the reins out of my hand. And I I've seen some I've seen some bad stuff happen from mules trying to eat, especially with kids on their back. Ellie Ellie's had her hands squished a time or two. Um with with even Tina trying to eat, Tina just It's interesting, Tina, her mule, I mentioned Tina earlier, but that mule, if I'm on that mule, that mule will not even attempt to eat. I mean, and if she does, it's extremely rare, but she won't attempt to eat because she knows that it's not going to happen. But with Ellie, it's just like she just says, whatever, it's a buffet. And, you know, so. I think it's just the awareness that I ride with. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I'm not sure if it's the consistency. I think it's something to do with all of it. But Ellie has a heck of a time. She gets her hand squished and that really annoys me. Um, so then I get on Tina and I ride her. I'm like, okay, now she's not even trying. I can't even fix it. But what do you do to fix it? Okay, I don't like to just jerk on the bit. Now don't, you know, you got to keep in mind, what is your end goal? What are you trying to achieve? What am I looking for down the road and jerking on the bit? I, I am not going to make a bridle mule if I'm jerking on that snaffle bit, being, being a jerk, right? Just popping on it. I'm not going to make a bridle mule out of that critter. Uh, this thing's going to be dull and hard and bracy because of the way I was fighting just eating the grass. Um, you got to be busy. Uh I've, I've heard people say, okay, well, you're riding through the grass. You got to drive, drive, ride that mule. Like you're driving through the city during rush hour. You better be busy. Um, that's a great analogy. Uh, you, you could definitely redirect that movement, get them very busy. I might I mean, it depends on the situation and how much grass and where you're at and how you're riding. But you might get really, really busy if you're going to ride through through some of it there. Other places, some of you listening right now are like, Ty, there's grass the entire trail ride. I can't get away from it. There's grass the whole ride. What do you do? Well, if it's that severe, it's that much grass. A lot of times I just take the end of my Makati, my lead rope on my Makati, um, you know, my snaffle bit or on my hackamore. And every time the meal goes to take a little bite, I just give her a little slap on the neck. And every time, and it's, and it's bef- as she goes, as, as the meal goes for, for the bite, I'll just give her a little slap. Just enough to get her attention. Redirect that mind. That's all it takes. Um, do it over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, <laughs> one of my friends, Jesse Coltrane. I'm sure you're listening to this, Jesse. But Jesse was here with her mule Festus. Festus is a little scared. And she gave him a slap and he wanted to take off <laughs> you. You know, if your mule's that sensitive, that probably that that suggestion is probably not going to work for you. Probably stick to the redirecting the mind. Um, you know, so just it just depends. It just depends on the animal. But those are a couple suggestions. Either get them really busy, um, Or take that in the Makati, give them a little slap on the neck every time they go to reach. And just do it non-aggressively, non... uh, You know, you're not trying to offend. Don't be offensive about it. Just do it and leave them alone. Get in there get out. Anyways, hopefully those things help you. But it's going to be an ongoing forever deal trying to get them not to eat on the trail. Uh, It's going to... It takes a long time. So... Hey, uh, we're going to take a quick break and thank some of these amazing sponsors uh, for this episode. Very grateful. And um, we'll be right back in just a second. Hey, I want to thank our amazing sponsors at Mules and More magazine. Mules and More has been around a long time. It's a great magazine, and uh, shoot, I've been reading this magazine since I was just a little kid. I remember my dad subscribed to this when I was little, and I'd read it every month and loved it. And now uh, our good friend Corey Daniels has taken over as editor of this magazine the last few years, and she has done an amazing job. Um, also, did you know that Mulesmore comes in a digital format? You can download it on your phone, read it wherever you're at. So. Hey, be sure to check them out, mulesandmore.com, and, uh, you know, hey, tell them Ty sent you. I'd be very grateful. mulesandmore.com. Hey, I want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout-out to my buddy, Colt Nehring. Um, if you're looking for a good, custom-built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find them on Facebook. Colt salary, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. Okay, we are back with the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast on this amazing Mule Tip Tuesday. Uh, I appreciate you hanging in here with me. Hopefully you're enjoying the the mule talk. And don't forget, if you have a question, be sure to send it to me, ty at tsmules.com. Put in the subject line, question for Mule Tip Tuesday. And, uh, you know, even if you don't have a question, send me an email. Tell me what you think of the podcast. I'd love to hear back from you. Um, You know, we went completely to doing Mule Tip Tuesday on this podcast. So I used to do a Facebook Live. But that got challenging because, man, our schedules just got busier and busier. And a lot of times we're in areas that didn't have great cell reception, internet, whatever. And it was it was getting kind of hard to be consistent with our with what we have going, so we went to the podcast. And uh, but because of that, I don't I'm not hearing from you or seeing you guys every week, and I kind of miss that. Um, so send me an email, say hello, tell me what you think, send your questions in, send your comments in, send your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. But uh, I got a quote for you right now. Um, I'm not sure exactly who said it, but I know it's a Navy SEAL quote. Um, And I've heard it in other places too, uh, mostly military stuff, but I like it. I like it a lot. And this applies to your mules for sure. Here it goes. You don't rise to the occasion, but sink to the level of your training. And uh, I love that because it's the same thing with the mules. You know, you get to... You know, you get in these binds with these mules, and, you know, there's a lot of things that might go through somebody's head when they're in a bind. They might have heard this or heard that or do this or do that. But basically, all you can do is what your mule knows and knows well. That's it. Um, and when your mule needs you, you're only as good as what you practice. So, you know, you got to train, you got to practice, you got to work at these things, you got to get better. And mulemanship is a lifestyle, too. Um, When you're tested, when your patience is tried, when your nerves are tried, when your anxiety is being pushed, you're only as good as what you've been thinking about, what you've been working on, what you've been focusing on, what you've been doing. Um, That's all that matters. So anyways, I like that quote. Let it sink in. Whatever it means to you, go with it. Let's get back to some Mule Tip Tuesday questions. I got a, I got a few more. I got some good stuff here for you. Let's go to the next one from Patty Achille. Actually, I think it's pronounced. Sorry, Patty. I always mispronounce your last name. So Patty's been to a few clinics. I appreciate her support over the many years. Um, but here we go. Uh, Patty says, I'm listening to last week's podcast and want to go off the question of loping. Um, My question is when loping, once you're able to get it pretty easy, what is the best way to slow the lope down? Should I continue loping until slowing happens on its own or stop and start? How do I let the animal know slowness is what I am looking for? Okay, Patty, um, Your trans- for the loping, your transitions are the key. So your starts, your stops, going up and down, up and down, um, and getting that tuned in. Being able to pick up the speed that you want to go is key. Um, and that's going to take you stopping and starting a bunch. Um, when I'm in the lope, say I'm loping, I'm loping. I mean, they're going really fast. And I'm like, oh, this is a little fast. I would like to slow down. You know, I'm not going to just jerk them to a stop or just pull on both reins to slow them down. One thing I might do is just start bending them, uh, making a smaller, 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 smaller circle. And you'll be able to break down to that slow lope. Um, Now, you can do that same exact thing, even if they're going great and they don't feel like they're going like out of control fast. So it's still a great way to stop or, or slow down, whatever. But, you know, ask them to speed up. Then to slow them down, instead of hanging on them, take them in that smaller and smaller and smaller circle. Once they break to that slow loop that you're looking for, try to sit down, relax, get you, you know, shift down to the walk and reward them every time. So you kind of can teach them to find that. But it's just kind of, it's just kind of practicing up and down. But my favorite method is that circling, smaller method. Uh, Great way to slow them down. Eventually when you get some handle, You know, you can use a soft feel, pick up a soft feel and kind of use your seat, kind of sit a little bit on your pockets, just a little bit, not too much to think it's a stop, but just, just a little teeter back a little on your, your seat bones. Um, put a little weight down your strips, just a little, not as much as a stop, but just a little. And, you know, with that soft feel, you can slow them down if they're pretty handy and they're listening to your seat and paying attention. Um, you know. Originally, when you're working at this, they're not that handy. You can't pick up a soft field of the lope yet because, you know, you can't ride on course on loose rain yet. So you're kind of in a little bit of a gray area right there of what you can do. Uh, But that circling smaller and smaller is probably one of my favorite ways to shift down. So I'll do that. And then, you know, just keep circling smaller, break it down to a trot and then reward them that way. So that's kind of how I do it there. Patty, let me know what you think of that answer. would love to hear from you, uh, and I'm grateful for the question. Okay, Gregory Lowe. I had inquired about your suggestions on helping my mule to work cattle. She does okay, and then turns a quick 180 and <laughs> runs off nearly out of control. Can you picture that? The mule probably walking up to the cow, getting to there, probably ear her ford. Mule's head, maybe a little low or a little high, gets there. And uh, the cow flicks in the air and the mule just whoosh, 180 and runs off. I've been there a million times, Gregory. I've been there a lot of times, okay? Um, so runs off nearly out of control until I get her stopped with a one rein stop. Uh, have you done any videos that would help out on that situation? I purchased all your videos and haven't had the time with Summer Harvest to start over. She is eight years old or so. Rides great other than the cattle issue. Okay. A couple things right here, Greg, Gregory. First thing. Okay. Consider which side she has bolted out and done that 180 on because usually, usually, not always, but usually I notice it continually on one side more so than the other. So a lot of times I'll bust out to the left you know, over and over and over again, or maybe it's the right over and over again, but pay attention to that because that is telling you which side is weakest. Okay. Whenever we're riding these mules, we're trying to keep them inside this imaginary box. We got this, this box where we're keeping them on both sides, keeping them between our stirrups and between our reins. We got a line on the left side of us, a line on the right side of us, a line right in front of their nose and right behind their tail. Okay. So you got these four lines and basically, you're just trying to make that mule feel really comfortable within those lines. Now, whenever they do something like this, these 180s and runoffs, whatever, okay, they're pushing on line. So if they do a 180 to the left, that tells you your left line is weak. So the first thing I'd be doing, Gregory, and this is before I'd even care about the darn cows, before I'd even look at the cows again, I would spend some considerable time getting this mule handy. And I'm going to make sure that that mule at minimum, is really handy moving off of both my legs. That means I can move the hinds and the fronts, both sides, independently. I'm going to work on that a bunch. I'm going to leg yield a bunch. I'm going to side pass a bunch. Uh, Basically, I'm going to do all the work that it's going to take to get those lines solid. The handier your, your mule is here, the easier it's going to be for you to get over this and not deal with these 180 turnarounds and bolts. Um, that is the main thing. That is that is 95% of, of the formula here is getting that mule handy at, at a high standard, okay? Now, the second part of this, now, it, it seems probably for you to get this mule up to these cows, if it's doing something like this, you're probably having to do a lot of encouraging to get this mule even close enough to the cattle to... To you know, feel the need to bust and run away. Okay, so here's the key: if they're that scared of the cattle, you shouldn't be by them yet. So what I'm going to do to get my mule good to be around cattle is I'm going to make it super easy. I'm going to just—I might set this up in an arena, okay? And I'm going to put a cow, like one cow, at the very end. If hopefully you have a corral or something, you can put them in where that cow isn't going to go anywhere. Uh, if you need, grab your other mule, get a rope on the calf, and or the cow or whatever and tie her up at the end of the arena, whatever you gotta do here. But I'm gonna get a cow or a calf or something at the end of the arena, hopefully in a corral. And just just let that cow, whatever, just be there. All right. I'm gonna get on my mule. And my goal is to get that mule just halfway down the arena closer to the cow. And I'm gonna try to make it really good the closer that my mule gets to the cow, the better life is going to be. I'm going to leave him alone. It's like the hot and cold game. You said you bought all them videos. Watch the fixing herd bound. This is the same exact formula as I use in the fixing herdbound video. If you guys don't know what that is, go to my online video library, tsmules.com and watch that video. But what I'm going to do here is I'm going to get on that mule and I'm going to be on the opposite end of the arena from the cow. And I'm just going to get my mule busy. I'm not working the mule super hard. I'm not getting after it. I'm not punishing it. I'm not trying to make it get down there by that cow. I am simply getting busy. I am going to be doing some serpentine, some figure rates, roll the hind, roll the front, walk, trot, lope, walk, trot, lope, walk, trot, lope, circles over and over. And I'm going to have a goal of being just right in the middle of the arena. Now, the closer I get to the middle of the arena, or every time the mule fades closer to the middle of the arena... I'm going to take off all the pressure. I'm going to make life easier. So that mule can find a release, can find some peace and comfort in the middle of the arena. So I'm only halfway to the cow, okay? Now, that might be all I get done the first day. Maybe that's all I can do. I don't have to get all this done. I don't have to have this instant gratification. I don't need to fix this in one day. So I'm going to work at that Uh, now if it's going really good, I might progress to, you know, I might, I might get that mule next to that cow on that day. And, and likely, uh, if it's me, I, I I probably will because I have the patience. If I'm out there for three hours, I'm fine. It doesn't bother me. Um, so, okay, let's just say, okay, day one, you get the mule to where it, it'll stand quietly in the middle of the ring. Now you don't make it. Now I can't stress this enough, Gregory, I can't stress this enough. Don't make the mule go to the middle of the arena. Let that mule, let her find it. Let her discover it on her own and let that mule find peace there. That needs to be the best place. If you make the mule go to the middle of the arena, it won't find peace there. So you got to make it easy. Let the mule rest and relax closer to the cow. Make it busier. Get its heart rate up a little bit. Bring up that sympathetic nervous system a little bit higher down on the opposite end, okay? Now, day two, you come out. Now, you're going to say, okay, my goal today is three-quarters of the way down the arena. Same thing. Make it easy to go there. The closer that mule gets there, the less you're going to do. And you're going to be busy on the other end. Relax on that three-quarter mark or as you're getting closer, 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 okay? You got to make it good, anyways, maybe day three, it it might take you three days. You might get this done in three hours one day. It doesn't really matter. It's not about time. Don't worry about time. Do what the mule needs. But maybe on day three, you say, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to stop at the cow today. And you've set it up. You've taught your mule to search for the spot. See, this is the key. It's the herd bound stuff, the scared of cow stuff, the trailer stuff, the barn sour stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's not so much a, a, you know, trying to make them get there, trying, trying to force them there, getting this fight. It's you just totally set it up, let them find it. And that is the key is letting that mule, getting that mule mentally engaged to where it is searching and looking and seeking the answer to your question. That is the key. And and you can apply this to any lesson, to, to turnarounds, to side passing, Changing leads, crossing the water, roping, getting close to the cattle, whatever it is. You you can apply it, okay? So that mule needs to get to thinking and looking for what you're searching for. Anyways, before you know it, you're standing next to the cow. It's in that corral outside the arena or right next to the arena, hopefully right there at the arena. Okay, and you're standing there and it has now found peace closer to that cow. That cow is now his best buddy, okay? The next day, so now we're on day four. Maybe you're going to let that cow in the arena. This might be more scary because this cow might be kind of drifting around the arena, kind of walking around. Hopefully, you got just a nice, mellow lead steer or something, pretty gentle, pretty quiet, not something that's worried or bothered or bellering. Okay. And you're going to do the same thing. Basically, you're going to make it so easy to be by that cow and difficult to be away from it and reward the mule. Don't touch the mule, don't make it follow, let it follow. Okay. And then you're going to progress this to where day after day after day, you're going to get to where you can follow the cow, stay with the cow, and, you know, just by small movements, making it easy to be there with that cow. Before you know it, you'll be quitting your day job and you'll be going to going to do some day work for some ranches in your area. So anyways, Gregory, great question. That's what I would do. I sure appreciate that question. Let me know what you think of that. Send me a send me an email. Give me some thought on that, okay? Okay, last question of the day. Kate Vassell. Now, I answered a question for Kate. Now, a lot of times I answer these questions and you guys send more questions, and that's that's kind of the point. Get you guys thinking. Get you thinking, okay. Hey, Ty, thanks for answering my question on the podcast this week, and she sent this last week. so I appreciate the reminder about it, it takes the time it takes. I have a tendency to get into a hurry when I'm with other people thinking that I'm taking too long and inconveniencing them. I have a follow-up question. If you're not riding with folks who will take the time it takes, who you have to constantly ask them to wait up or not get so far ahead or wait before just riding off and you're waiting for your mule to stand still after mounting, etc. Do you just not work on things that day? Just give your animals some slack instead of being as particular. What if you have to ride with these people? What if you have to ride with these people? And I know she's talking about work. I ride for work, checking conditions on the range, etc. Sometimes I take my mules. Other times I ride the provided horses. Either way, I am more particular than my coworkers seem to be. With the work horses, I have an easier time letting some things go than with my own animals. Maybe not ride my own at work, question mark. I love the exposure and experiences they get otherwise. In the meantime, we've been making some really great progress in the arena, and short rubber band stretching, solo rides away from home. Thank you in advance for your insight. Okay, Kate, this is a great question. Number one, um, this is just me. <laughs> I have to I ride the same everywhere I'm at. Uh, I just do what that mule needs. So a lot of you have, you know, a lot of you listening right now have, have had the chance to ride with me and you know, I'm just me. So I'm going to work on this stuff and I like it. Um, I sound like a weirdo, but I like it. I don't mind it. Yeah, uh, you know, as I'm working on this, I find an issue like that horse that's herd bound, or that mule that doesn't want to leave the group or won't stand still. Blah blah blah. I mean, I enjoy it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to work with it. it doesn't bother me. Um, I'm going to ride the same no matter where I'm at. I'm going to, I'm going to be me. Now, I understand you with these coworkers, they won't wait for you. I don't. I'm not telling you to get into a bind. I'm not telling you to to push yourself so much. You're going to get hurt. You know, use common sense. You got to be smart, and that's where the stretching the rubber band comes in. And you might have to be a little dominant. Maybe you have to tell your coworkers, "Hey, let's fix this crap today, so that we can have a good, productive work day tomorrow." Like that's that's the biggest problem. I mean, that's the one of the biggest problems in a lot of companies is it's all about the moment. And you know, you're not you're not thinking about, "Hey, if I fix this now, what's tomorrow going to be like? If I make this better today, what is tomorrow going to bring?" You know, and and I see this a lot um, with the Forest service. And a lot of you listening work for the Forest Service. Hopefully, this fixes it. Work on those critters. Work on those horses. Now, yeah, you might not get back to check on that range as quick as you want and get back to drinking your coffee or whatever, but you know, take the time, fix it, work through these things, it'll pay off, you know. And I come from a tradition of, hey, you know what? I'm gonna leave things better than I found them. And so, even though you know you're riding these horses that belong to the forest service or whatever, and maybe they're not yours and maybe it doesn't matter. And you're like, gosh, whatever. It's just a forest service horse. Well, you know what? Let that horse have a, have an inkling of thought and make that horse better for the next group. The next person, the next employee, the next coworker, whatever, leave that horse, that meal better than you found it so that they can get along better. Cause maybe the next person, maybe the next person that rides that horse isn't as handy as you and you didn't leave it better. Um, and they need to do something and they have a big old issue with it. And then, you know, how the drama goes. So anyways, Kate, I'm always going to work on stuff. Now use common sense. Like I said, use common sense, do what you can. This herd bound stuff on the trail, stretch that rubber band as needed. Whatever fits you, fits the animal, do what you need to do there. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to ride the same no matter what, me personally. Um, And, uh, you know, I understand at work you can't choose who you're riding with. You're stuck with these coworkers of yours. That sucks. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, For me, luckily, I can choose who I ride with. And even in the clinics, you know, (laughs) I'm lucky I'm the clinician, right? I'm the teacher here, so I can kind of tell them how things are going to go. You know, and I love that. The last few weeks we've been doing these semi-private clinics here at home. And it is such a joy to be able to go out on these rides and just take our time. We have no destination. No to worry about getting to or going to or being. No time, conflicts or constraints, you know. Um, it's great. It's, it's great. I just wish all of you could experience that. Just take your time. Take the time it takes right now. So, hey, these were some fantastic questions today. If you've got a question, send them to me, ty at TSmeals.com. Also, I would love to hear your feedback about this podcast. And now, those of you listening on Apple, if you would be so kind as to leave a five-star rating if you think we deserve it, um, and leave a review, tell us what you think of the podcast. Those of you that are not listening on Apple Podcasts, um, I don't really know how you can leave a review other than sending an email. Ty at tsmules.com. Let me know what you think. Um, we have a lot of videos that can help a lot of these issues that you guys are writing in about. Make sure you check out our online video library at tsmules.com. And Sky and I are gearing up. We head out here in two weeks for our fall clinic tour. We start in, uh, Canyon City, Colorado, and we're coming to Nebraska, North Dakota, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, Then we go to uh, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Indiana, Iowa, finish it up in Texas. So we still have room in a few of these clinics. Some of them are full. Um, Some have a little bit of room. So check our website, tsmules.com. We'd love to have you at a clinic somewhere sometime. And get to meet you, get to meet your mule. And a lot of you are just great friends. We've been friends for a long time. I'd love to see your progress. Love to see how things are going. So anyways, until next time, friends, God bless you. Can't wait to see you down the road sometime. Have a great day.